0: Like when you are in charge of things you're solving problems that nobody else has seen that nobody else knows is happening and so like you said it perfectly when you said like there's nobody else out there that really understands what I deal with day to day and so since that's a lower percentage of people it's hard to feel like there is a way for me to be known to be seen to belong to be able to pursue this purpose that I have in my life and to not do it completely by myself Hey, Ty, how's it going? So good. Yeah. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. Happy to be here. I like any time I get to sit down with you and uh, just kind of hear about what's going on in life and chat through some topics. I think that we've probably created kind of a life that matches in the idea of this community and purpose. This idea of loving people and doing stuff in our lives is kind of a a formative piece of who we are and the way that we live our lives. And so we are um, involved in a couple things. (laughs) A few. <laughs> yeah. And I think that we, I think that we enjoy the things that we're a part of. I think that we like um, leading people. I think we have a heart for people and seeing people go further than maybe they, they think they can go on, the, on their own, which ends up leading us to uh, a leadership role, whether we like it or not. It takes us into a, a number one seat um, in, a, in an organization. It takes us to the president of the board. It takes us to the owner of the agency, to the leader of the church, to the leader of the nonprofit. And what I want to talk about today is this idea that there's this phrase that goes around that says, it's lonely at the top. Would you agree with that?
1: Uh, It sure can be, right? Yeah. (laughs) like It's understandable to hear why that has become a real popular and common phrase. Yeah, it's
0: easy to get to that place you can get to a place where you're in charge and it isolates you and it moves you away from, you know, a lot of different things and a lot of different people. Um, but I think that what I want to talk to you about is, is I think that you have found something and found a way to say like, it can be lonely at the top, like you just said, but it doesn't have to be. And so like, when you think about the roles that you're in, whether it be whether you're, when you're in charge, or when you're not in charge, what are the things that you see to be true about being lonely at the top, but it doesn't have to be? And maybe maybe start off with why do you feel like leaders are agreeing to being lonely, like they want to lead these organizations? Why are they agreeing to be lonely just to lead something?
1: I think because it gets really hard to stand in somebody else's shoes. and And a lot of people talk about what it's like to run a business or run a nonprofit or a ministry, but until they fully experience it, um, it's just a different animal. And everybody's got their own issues and there's and there's problems and lots of things are hard. But when it comes to being at the top of an organization, sometimes you're solving problems that nobody is asked to solve. And having your name on the door presents some pretty significant challenges. It doesn't mean that they're more important or less important than other people's challenges, right. but they're just different. And there's such a, a smaller percentage of people who find themselves truly at the top of these different organizations. And a lot of times they look around and they don't feel like they have a supporting cast or um, people that maybe even understand totally what it's like. Like they might have really good people around them supporting them. But it's hard to truly understand what it's like until, until someone's there. Totally understandable. But um, I just think there's, I think there's a different way, way to do it.
0: Yeah, because you see, I mean, you mentioned that there are problems that you're solving. Um, and it's different when, you're, when your name's on the door. And I think that the, easy, the easiest step towards this isolation, this idea of loneliness, is that there are very few people that see the problems that you solve. Like when you are in charge of things, you're solving problems that nobody else is seeing, that nobody else knows is happening. And so like you said it perfectly when you said like there's nobody else out there that really understands what I deal with day to day. And so since that's a lower percentage of people, it's hard to feel like there is a way for me to be known, to be seen, to belong, to be able to pursue this purpose that I have in my life and to not do it completely by myself. And so how have you like pivoting a little bit? How have you surrounded yourself and said, I refuse to believe this lie that I have to be lonely if I'm going to lead a small business and if I'm going to be a ministry leader, if I'm going to be in charge of um, some nonprofits or whatever? Like, how have you created a different way of living, a different way of operating to not be lonely? I think there's two parts to that. I think one thing that we
1: have focused on is surrounding ourselves with some people who are in similar positions. Um for example, I do a lot of uh, networking and consulting and coaching and development with other people in uh, the insurance industry, which is which is what I uh, make a living doing. Um, so we spend a ton of time talking to people that are not just people that are producing or or high, you know, you know, larger agencies, people that are growth minded, that are trying to uh, solve the next problem and 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 be. Proactive and think about things a little bit differently. So, when we spend a lot of time with them, it just encourages and refills my tank in a different way. Um, same thing when we talk to other nonprofit leaders. Like, we try to spend time, you know, working with other people in ministry who are doing some of the things that we try to do from the nonprofit and ministry side that I'm involved in. And when I get a chance to do that, he quickly learned, like, okay, I don't have to do this alone, nor am I the only person solving these problems. And I think once you have that realization, you can take a really deep breath, because uh, like this panic of, oh, my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet trying to do this. Yeah, um, that starts to shrink. Now I'm the only person trying to solve this specific problem. But it's it's been solved 100 times before. And it's possible and I can surround myself with other people that are doing it. So that's that's one side that I've been able to find some colleagues and some peers to have conversations. The other thing from internally with within each organization that we're a part of or in charge of um, is how we encourage our, our team. Yeah. Like I the one thing I tell people during the interview is like I'm, I'm gonna treat you like a business partner because that's how I that's how I think, that's how I'm going to operate maybe that's not smart. Maybe there's business books that say don't do that, but that's just how I'm going to operate. Like we're in this together and we're going to take this to the next level together. Not because of me or not because of just you. It's because of what we and the power of collaboration and what we're capable of doing together.
0: Yeah. What I hear you saying is, is that you like, there's just a ton of, I hear humility is important. Like this idea of saying like, Yep, I'm solving problems and they're big problems, but like, I'm not the only one who's solving big problems. Like, and I'm not the only one who can solve big problems. So I think that getting lonely oftentimes is a place where in our minds we say, I'm the only one who can do this. Like, I am the best at doing this. Like, it's easy to get that. place, And when you get to that place, you all, all of a sudden create another layer of isolation. You've now said, like, there is a tier, there is a line, there's a door between me and everybody else. And so humility is what I heard you say, like, just saying, like, bring other colleagues in. Like say that let's let's bring like-minded people together and let's solve these problems in a collaborative manner instead of me just being the lone warrior out here doing it on my own. And then the other thing is is to bring, bring people up, to bring people with you. What does it look like specifically when you tell a potential employee, somebody who wants to join your team, whether it be in your insurance agency, whether it is in the nonprofit world that you run – What does it practically look like when you say, I want you to know that I'm going to treat you like a business partner because not everybody wants to be a business partner. Some people want to just punch the clock nine to five. I just want to do whatever you ask me to do for this eight hours. And then I want to go home and I don't want to think about it anymore. Like how do you practically, one, communicate that and make that happen? And then two, make sure that that's something that they actually want.
1: So part of my interview process is pretty long and on purpose. Like I'm slow to hire and slow to fire because I kind of think of hiring as adopting. Like I don't get to just send them back if I don't like it. 99% of the world says slow to hire, quick to fire, totally get it, totally respect that mindset. It's just not... Not how I'm wired. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm gonna say I'm all in on you, then we're that means we're gonna fight through problems. And when you're not you know meeting expectations, we're gonna we're gonna fight through it. But something that comes out from a long interview process is exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> is that uh if they don't, if they want to punch a clock, and that's important, which those roles exist, and there's yeah. a million businesses that need those people right yep. now, yep. uh, it's not on my, it's not on my team. And I spend a lot of energy talking about what that looks like and what that means. And the few, I've had a few people that have you know slipped through that long interview and then I yeah. kind of find out that's, that was how it was and they just don't, it doesn't last and that's okay. There's no hard feelings. Right. Um, but that's just not, not the person that's um, the right fit for, for what we're trying to do because, because we are going to try and do this all together and we are going to try and and solve problems uh, together. And what it looks like practically is, is we ask a lot of open-ended question, questions. And and we learn. You know, one thing, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I never am. So I'm going to have to just be a good question asker. I'm going to have to learn and soak up as much as I possibly can. Because yeah. I, I can't solve all the problems. I love that. So I'm going to have to spend this energy figuring out how we can get... On the same page, and that and a lot of times that means just asking open-ended questions and making sure that everybody has a voice, because that's what it looks like being a business partner with these with these team members. Is that they all legitimately have a voice, and if they've been there a week and they have the best idea, then that wins, because yeah. the best idea wins. Yeah. Not not the senior person, not the highest paid person. It's it's the best idea, and that that concept has allowed us to bring more people with us which eliminates a lot of those lonely yeah. feelings because I feel like I'm doing all these things with teams and, and that I'm not doing it by myself.
0: Yeah, I think that you, you have a phrase that you say pretty regularly. Uh, you, you're always looking for a win-win scenario. And I think that the reason so many leaders are lonely at the top is because the only person winning is the person at the top. The goals are set by the senior leader. The directives are by the senior leader. The best ideas are always coming from the senior leader and that there's a, I mean, employment is hemorrhaging because nobody wants to work for somebody and just punch a clock and have no value. I mean, you might want to punch a clock and do and not have to like take work home with you, but like ultimately you want to have your life matter. Like we want to have our opinion valued. We want to want to see things coming to fruition that we that we see. And really what I feel like you're describing is, is like you have just created a culture that says, I don't want to be lonely. So I'm going to eliminate the corner office mentality. Like I'm, there's not going to be this like door closed and this is what I do and what I'm trying to make. And I'm like the only one really making money and profitable and pushing the vision forward. It's a we mentality towards everybody is bought in and everyone has incentive To be moving forward. Everyone is in on it, which I love what you said when you said like, and that just doesn't, it kills the lonely mentality because we're on a team and everybody's pushing in the same direction. I think so many
1: organizations in the past historically, I think it's getting better. But I I think for a long time, um, there's been this culture of a zero sum mentality. Yeah. And uh, what is that? Tell me more about that. So there's only one pie. And if you get 60% of the pie, that means I only get 40. And there's, that's the only way. It's always only going to equal 100% and there's no, there's no other solution. And I don't subscribe to it. I don't believe in it. It's, so for us, it's an abundance mentality hmm. that I'm going to give you 110% and, let, and let, let's see what happens. Yeah. And by seeing what happens, what often is <laughs> resulting is – 110 comes right back or 150 or 200 or yep. things that I've never even imagined possible have happened in our life and, and through these organizations, because this abundance mentality is something that's real and something that we speak into all the time. And that, that's why the win-win scenario is so big to me. Like, yeah, I, love I, like I, I need to take care of my family too. So right. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not going to create a win For myself. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm not gonna have this facade like um like that it's never gonna work out for us either or for my kids or for my wife or for me. Like like that's human nature. So instead of pretending like that's not real, I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna genuinely find the greatest win I can for that person as well and put those things together and see what happens. And if I give them 110%, you know what sometimes that means that it might not work out. But in general, overall, that abundance mentality has been really you know I would say a secret sauce not even a secret sauce because I do think it's it's being discussed more and more Yeah, it's more prevalent it, for sure. yeah it is thank goodness I'm really I'm really grateful that that's that's been a shift uh, culturally but but that that's is a big part of our world
0: so would you say that you feel like to create less of a gap between your office and the office next door to yours is that when you create this space to where everybody wins that there, there's an opportunity for you to be able to know that everybody's in it together, and like w- with that, you bake more pies.
1: Yeah, let's give a really stupid practical example. Like, so I'm in insurance, and let's say I'm I'm trying to sell commercial insurance to other businesses. Um, what some people believe is that I'm going to have a trick or a tip to sell commercial insurance, and I will never tell any of my colleagues. Hmm. What other people believe is man, I need to write commercial insurance and I need all of my colleagues to write as much as they possibly can, because that means we're bringing in more premium, which allows us to have more competitive rates, better products, better, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So that, that's that's a silly example, but but that mindset of, hey, I want everybody to be successful in this. I want everybody to be writing this business or selling these pies or doing whatever that yeah. they're doing. Um it's because it's not just a win for the, for your colleagues, but it's going to be a win for yourself as well. Yeah. And, and that's not a bad thing. Like, you know, when, when I think about that and I, and I question, you know, like, okay, what, what's the real angle with this? At the end of the day, i got to look at my heart. It's a heart issue. Yeah. And if my heart is genuinely in to everybody su- succeeding, uh, whether it's the stranger or the colleague or myself or my kids or whoever – but all I want is the best for for everybody. Then, okay, then let's go.
0: Let's 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 give it a shot, and let's yeah. let's continue to put our energy towards that. And I think, and I think that you're you're pitching right in on, on what the reality is, because the reality is is that scarcity breeds scarcity, and abundance breeds abundance. And like when you are creating, we're talking about lonely. Like we're talking like these are the symptoms or these are the precursors to lonely at the top. And like, if you are going to go into a scarcity mentality, if you're going to say that if I win, you have to lose, like that's zero sum game right there. Like if I win, then somebody else has to lose. And so that means that the only way that I can win is everybody else losing. You have now just slammed the door on your corner office and said, everybody else has to lose for me to win. And the flip side of it is what you're saying It's true that if I believe in an abundance mentality, that I believe that if I take the door off of my office and I say, we're all going to storm this hill together, whether it be colleagues, employees, partners, kids, families, whatever it is, if we're all going to go for it, that means that abundance is going to breed abundance. Like we're going to end up, I'm going to make money. You're going to make money. The nonprofit's going to grow. Your nonprofit's going to grow. This thing's going to grow. This is going to grow. And now everybody's growing together. Like the pool is fuller. Every time everybody makes more and gets more, you are multiplying pies really like to keep the analogy going. Like you're just continually making more and more opportunity for people to find it. There's plenty of commercial insurance in the world to be bought. Sure. There's, I mean, there's plenty of businesses for everyone to be able to insure and get a piece of the pie, but it doesn't require that you undercut your colleague. It doesn't require that you are the only one who has this great idea the the real example that I see in it is you run you run an organization called Crosslink, right? Yep. And so this is like this idea on steroids. And so like you have taken colleagues and you bring them in and you say, bring. Well, how, how do you phrase it? Bring in your best idea. Well, what do you say to your to your attendees?
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're it's uh, it is not the world's top producers you know it's these people that that uh, they happen to normally be that right and they have found a lot of success but it's because all they want to do is get everybody else around them better huh abundance <laughs> mentality imagine that so, so we're going to share everything everything's on the table all the stuff that you would be nervous to share with anybody you, you're you're checking that that at the door including your ego hmm. um, everybody's there for a reason we've already done the vetting you belong in the room you don't need to you don't need to prove that right and let, let's get into a room Four day experience and share everything, and just see what happens. Yeah. And and you go in with the mindset to to bring make everybody else better and see what happens. Hmm. You know, and the the people that are willing to test that theory and willing to try that, um, it's been it's been awesome. I I we started with a with a group of of buddies from, you know, five years ago. Almost all of us have doubled. Hmm. literally doubled by our, giving it away but our, our our book size and it all started uh when when we got into a room hold up for four days and shared literally everything about how we how we run a business
0: like th- that's insane like i think to the average listener the person listening to this thinking about okay what does this mean for me like i'm not an insurance salesman like i don't sell a widgets like whatever the thing is like what does this mean to me like it it doesn't it doesn't compute like in my world, I'm a pastor and I run a nonprofit. And when you talk about generosity in the church, there is scripture that talks about, it's the only place that God says, test me in this by being generous and see if I will not bless you as well. And like, there's this crazy thing story after story after story. I was just talking to a guy two weeks ago and he said, I don't know what it is, but the more I give and the more I am generous to people around me, the better I feel the more energy i have the more i love my business and a byproduct is is that i have the opportunity to have more business
1: yeah what 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 cities are on fire right now the the cities that are in the communities that are doing really really well and are being blessed have have one in common. They have 10 pastors who are all right next door to each other yep. who have different beliefs, who who think differently about how a baptism is supposed to be done. Yeah. But they decide to all show up and and meet and and talk and share their best ideas and figure and run community events yep. and figure out how to serve others. Period. Not serve their own church and then maybe others if if, if there's, there's room. if there's an angle yeah. like they, all they want to do is serve others. And then guess what happens? The whole community starts to shift. You know, we see it time and time again. Then all of a sudden, the governor, the mayor is calling the churches yeah. when a problem needs to get solved. Like you know, we we know a church where, where the governor um, calls in all these churches because there's a there's a major uh, foster care program in Arizona, and uh, a problem, and uh, it's it's huge. It's the the worst state in the in the country, mm-hmm. um, and the biggest need. And who is she calling right now, you know, before, and, or the current governor, who's 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 he calling? He's calling the church leaders because he knows they can rally together and do something about it. But those meetings would all happen in private. Right. And it would be 10 individual meetings with the governor if they wouldn't subscribe to an abundance mentality. Like, I don't know if I want to share my foster care program because the church that's two miles away is also going to be at that meeting. Hmm. That's that's not registered. That's all like you find, all
0: you find in that moment, is less kids getting in foster care, less kids are getting placed. Yeah, where's the win? Yeah, it's not. It's not even a win. Singular win, much yeah. less a win-win. Like your program's not growing. That church's program's not growing unless kids are not getting into foster care. Yep. Like, and so like that abundance mentality, I think is paramount to the conversation of being lonely at the top. Yep. It does not have to be a reality for leaders. It doesn't have to be reality for the the single mom to the, the person who is running a nonprofit. I mean, we're talking about business, but this applies to friendship. This applies to marriages. This applies to parenting. This is not a zero co- sum game for your kids to flourish you can flourish too for your life to turn out your wife or your husband's life can turn out as well you can have an abundance mentality in your relationships in your business life in your spiritual life in your mental game like all of these things work because it's not only lonely at the top for number one leaders who have their name on the door because we are all number one leaders in our own lives we are all in charge of who we are and what we do and so it applies to all of us and this idea of just being able to know that we're called to an abundance mentality. I mean, you and I both are followers of Jesus, and so we take our cues from him. And knowing that there is an opportunity to follow in his footsteps to see abundance and to see everybody benefit from the whole, I think is such an important thing. And just that that takes open doors Open conversations, you said it, checking ego at the door and sharing everything with anybody who wants to listen and letting them take it and run from there.
1: Yeah, the checking the ego starts, I mean it's humility. So to avoid yeah. loneliness at the top, you have to have humility. Let's think about the people who are the leaders of these organizations. Hope maybe listening, right? It's it's people who were really good at something. Yeah. And were a specialist and were the best. They were better than anybody else. So what happens? They got promoted. And they got promoted got promoted or whatever the case is. Now they find themselves as, as a leader of it. Now, maybe they got their, you know, they cut their chops on on developing because they're really good at that specific skill. Yeah. And, and, but now they have to put on this facade. They think that there's a lie out there hmm. that they need to, okay, I was the best in the world at this. So now I'm going to be the best leader of people that I've never led before. Like, yeah. That's not how it works. Like You don't become a leader like with all this overnight. Yeah. This is from a lot of hard, difficult, tricky conversations and learning and failing and being humble. So this person who was an expert who now gets elevated and now finds himself at the top. Well, yeah, they're going to be lonely if they've kept this lie that they've had to be the one who had it all figured out. Yeah. Because when they started, they, they were the one that had it all figured out. And everybody came to them because they were the expert at making spreadsheets and making the widget at, at doing whatever. But now they're in a completely different spot. And they're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm at the top. And I need to have this facade that everybody thinks that I know what I'm doing. And as soon as you believe that, of course, it's gonna be lonely. Of course, that's how you're going to feel. And of course, that's why a phrase is going to be used all over the world saying it's lonely at the top. But if you if you are, have that servant leadership mentality yeah. and the humility to ask questions and to surround yourself with people who can help you, then then anything's possible.
0: I love that. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that leaving the door open for other people's opinions to let the best idea win, to allow yourself to be humble enough to let let a non-expert, you know, to let somebody who maybe hasn't seen as much as you have, yep. hasn't been involved as long as you have. To, to have an opinion, have a seat at the table. I mean, it it only can turn into a relationship. It can only turn into being connected, being known, being seen, and seeing more and more people win. And so my challenge for all of you listening today is, is to, honestly, probably the easiest way to say it is, what's the win-win scenario in your life? Where is the area that you're feeling isolated? Where is the area that you're feeling lonely? Where's the area that you're feeling like it's a zero-sum game? Because once we get to that belief that for me to win, someone else has to lose. You've just put up another layer of isolation. You've just put up another opportunity. And so to kind of go back to where you started as we wrap up is we have to be in the relationship game to where we're saying no matter what our context is, no matter what our business is, no matter what comes to my mind when I say it's lonely at the top is that we have to have an adoption mentality. We have to understand that we are in it all in. That we are not just going to be changing over and over and over again. That we are going to have an adoption mentality to say that once you're in, you're in. And we're going to make it work. And we're going to allow people to experience whatever they need to experience to continue to move forward. And so I love that. I appreciate your insight on it. And I just want to challenge everybody listening. It doesn't have to be lonely at the top. Try and neutralize those things. Try and knock down those walls, and to say that we want to live in an abundance mentality with an op, an adoption mentality on top of that to bring people in to keep them in, and to just say that there's plenty of room at the table for all people, all opinions, and figure it out from there. And so, um, I love that. Any last thoughts from you? No, I, I mean, I, I love
1: I love what what you're doing. First of all, bringing bringing all this uh, together and, and and pushing people to think outside. The box it is it is so easy to to get stuck and you know when, when you think about this adoption side of it that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be somebody who's who's not the right fit at, at some point yeah sometimes um, there's a failed adoption absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely and I think I think it's important to know that that's okay
0: yeah but that's good.
1: Um, I think um, I don't know that that's slow to hire quick fire is 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 the part that i struggle with yeah i'm I'm fine if if you need a part ways you know and and if you try but but if you push them and and you ask the right questions and you bring them in and you give them ownership and you let them uh uh, be a part of the decision making Mm -hmm. and you empower them yep what could happen and and let's make sure we've tried that first before we just move on because sometimes when it's not a fit it's because it's it's a top-down leadership yeah and, and then that again just breeds that loneliness so i think it's possible it, it takes a little bit more work and it's a little bit harder but I'm, i promise you the payoff is there because now all of a sudden you're doing some super cool things with super cool people who you love going to, to battle with to figure it out and it uh and the blessings are
0: are absolutely there I love it. I think it's absolutely possible and it's worth it's worth the work. And so, we'd love for you guys. Uh, appreciate you spending some time with us. We'd love for you to shoot us an email, uh, send us a message. Uh, if you have further questions or you want us to flush it out a little bit more, we'd love to hear from you. You can message us at uh, apex or at podcast at apexgathering.com. And uh, we'd love to respond to your emails. Uh, you can look us up on social media. And uh, just grateful for the opportunity to sit down with you, Ty. And uh, thanks for sharing kind of what's going on with you. But um, to all you listeners, I just want you to know that it doesn't have to be lonely at the top, uh, that there is a a greater opportunity for everyone that's possible. It's not a zero sum game and let's get out there and let's do it. So have a great week and we'll look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode.